Hey, everybody. Welcome to the podcast this week. Just want to shout out that we are doing Extra Life right now until November 14th, uh, raising money for Dell Children's. It's a great cause, and I hope that you'll tune in. We're doing a all-day stream on the 14th, so head to Rooster Teeth for that, uh, also on YouTube, too. And today is a very special show. Um, these ladies that are on this show today, they should be playing Destiny, but they are here with us. Uh, I feel so bad. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, but please welcome our wonderful guests. The first is Andrea Renee. She is the co-founder of What's Good Games, the source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. She's a celebrated industry producer, analyst, and host, having worked with just about every studio, publisher, event, developer, anyone imaginable. Andrea's done it. And she's the ultimate fire team leader. Uh, they're not right now. <laughs> so, they're so, not right now. <laughs> please welcome Andrea. And and also uh, needs no introduction, but I'm going to introduce her anyway. She is a self-professed gamer, dancer, and planner of fun shit. What's good games, secret weapon, and Xbox alumni, senior content manager for the upcoming G4 revival, also, if you haven't seen her dance on Instagram, it's the most mesmerizing thing I've ever seen in my life. I watch every single one. Please Aww. welcome Rihanna Manuel. Thank you. Oh, I'm excited to be here, even though we can't be playing Destiny right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Honestly, it's if not, it wasn't no, you, don't it'd be, be sorry the servers. Because, uh, According to Twitter, the servers are now undergoing maintenance until 4 p.m. anyway, so oh. we're good. Yeah. Oh, nice. Okay. Phew. I, I feel perfectly fine now. And then we can at least talk about Destiny. And I will say our own Jacob Fullerton at Funhouse, he took today off to play Destiny. So uh, <laughs> sorry, Jacob. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. But he, but thankfully, because he can't be here, we have the two next. Well, no, not even next best. The two best people. So, whatever, Jacob. We have the two best people here to talk about Destiny. Uh, the Beyond Light expansion, which I have to preface, preface this by saying it's probably been two years since I've really been in Destiny. My last light level was maybe in the 300s. That's a uh, long time ago, Elise. It's a long time. So I'm hoping by the end of this podcast, I will be like, I'll be back into it. I'll be there because the new expansion actually might be the one to do it. Uh, Andrea, you kind of got to dip your feet into it earlier, right? Yeah, so I started streaming on our What's Good Games Twitch channel this morning about 9.45. I was supposed to start at 9 a.m., but I thought, you know, there's no point in me starting the stream if we're all just still stuck at <laughs> the server loading screen. And so when I was finally able to get to the character select screen is when I turned the stream on, and I was able to do the very first mission on Europa, which was exciting, where you sync up with Varix, and then I got kicked to orbit for the next section, and that's when I could no longer load into anything. I was stuck in and out of orbit for about 30 minutes. And then I was back at the load screen. I got kicked out. And then I got into the queue. And then I was out of the queue. And then I was in the queue. <laughs> and after about 45 minutes of that, I was like, you know what? I think I have some other work that I could be accomplishing instead of me just hitting the reload on the queue button over and over again for an hour. And that's about how much I've played of Beyond Light today. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's what we expect. Like, Rihanna, have you ever played a Destiny expansion on launch day? I have not. I'm usually working uh, during oh. launch days. True, so, true, true. Uh, like I'm usually wait until later that, that day. <laughs> and usually by like 5 or 6 p.m., most of the kinks have been worked out. But yeah, today was a little disappointing. I tried to squeeze some in on my lunch break and 
yeah, that, that was a bust. So still haven't seen the title, anything but the title screen so far. Yeah. And Andrea, you were saying that you didn't, you were just like shy of Europa or some friends of yours didn't make it to Europa. Like, yeah. So there's an open, a new social section, an open hub, like many of the other planets in destiny Two that is on Europa. The very first mission that you play solo is also on Europa, but it's not the open mission or the open instanced area that we're going to be spending a lot of time in. Um, I had a couple of our what's good guardian members that said that they were able to get there, but then ultimately got booted. A couple members said that they were able to get into the tower and then got booted. It just seems like, you know, the Bungie servers are on fire today as to be expected on launch day. Um, so neither of you, there was no like or pre-access event or anything where you could check this content out, right? Well, there this, was... Like, today was it? There was a live event that happened yesterday, but it wasn't early access or reveals of what was going to happen. And Bungie historically has not done preview events like some other live service games do, where they'll give you, like, a sneak peek at the content that's going to be, you know, coming down the pipeline. They are very secretive, and a lot of that has to do with the really ferocious nature the Destiny community has around its lore. And obviously Bungie not wanting any of that narrative to be spoiled for any of the millions of fans of Destiny around the world. So no preview events for this, but you know we did get the updates from Bungie kind of preparing everybody for what we were to expect because there was a lot of content that is going into the Destiny vault, meaning there's going to be whole planets and areas, strikes, raids that are no longer going to be playable. So if you bought you know, original content that was included in Destiny 2, some of that stuff is no longer playable in Beyond Light. Wow. But I noticed they added those kiosks in the tower, the quest archive yes. and the exotic archive. So are any is any of that going to live there? Yes, it will, actually. I'm glad that you brought that up. So that was originally not clear. And then Bungie came out and was like, OK, OK, we hear you. We're going to have a kiosk that you can go to so you can go play this content. But it's not going to be into the regular mix and the rotation of content that we see every week in Destiny 2. And I think that that's for the best because they had been recycling locations and content for quite some time. And while I think what they're doing with Beyond Light is really exciting, there are some parts of it that I wish they would have gone just a little bit further. But of course, you know, there's lots yet to be seen. It's launch day today. We don't know the full extent of all of the new content that we can expect. Uh, the new... Aside from Europa and some new story elements, the big thing is stasis. Um, unless it's stasis, and I'm just illiterate. <laughs> Definitely <laughs> stasis, stasis, but at least okay. I'm noticing that this giant, I was going to say this giant number for extra life is over your face. And I was like, oh no, I can't is it? I was like, okay, okay it's gone now. <laughs> I was like, I can't see Elise's face. It's behind the... <laughs> <laughs> you're fired <laughs> it looks like we're just so proud of the money we raised. i mean i am i am very proud of the community and uh if you need to leave that over my face for the whole show cody <laughs> i can't i didn't see it um <laughs> no he, he he fixed it he fixed it <laughs> okay i didn't see it in vmix um that's great. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I got distracted. Yeah. No, that's perfect. Thank you for, for saying it. Uh, I would never have known. We would have done this whole podcast. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, stasis, which is the element type that unlocks new subclasses. And it ties into Europa and the, the freeze, the frozen 
uh, aspect, which is my favorite thing about Europa, which is I, I love that there was all this, you know, colonization and industry happening there. And then because of the darkness, it's all frozen under ice. And maybe we'll go under the ice and see what's beneath it. I don't know. I, I think with Destiny, I always do the thing where I build up the lore being cooler in my mind than it actually might be in practice. Oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Uh, I guess, re. I don't know how big you are into the lore. I guess you and I have never really nerded out about lore stuff before. We haven't, and that's mostly because the only lore I see is what I see in a gameplay session. And as most OG Destiny fans know, and there's not a lot until you go look it up. So <laughs> yes. I miss a lot. And it was interesting because I did notice, you know, Varix seemed to be featured pretty heavily, at least in the early part mm -hmm. of this uh, this expansion. And the last time I remember hearing from Varix was what Prison of Elders and then before that hanging out with uh, Petra, like over there and uh, before, you know, she ended up on the Tangled Shore. So there's a lot that I'm missing because I'm like, wait, Varix, like, what, was he still around? Like, I forgot he was even a character. Quite yeah, he's been MIA so. for a while. Yeah, and, and I'm, I'm a like, lot of catching who's Varix? <laughs> <laughs> he's like vanilla Destiny, so it's yeah. been a long time since we've seen or heard from Varix. I mean, we got kind of like a little nod to him uh, when Forsaken launched, when they brought back the Prison of Elders, like superficially for one of the strikes that they did, but it mm -hmm. wasn't it wasn't actually him. It was a like a so uh, a dr drone is not the word I'm looking for. It was like a like a bot that had his oh. voice module in it, but it wasn't actually him. Okay. His yeah. warden, his warden, his servitor warden. Right. Yeah. yeah. So much but, lore. There's a lot. And at least I do appreciate that it, it seems like there's a lot because there really is. It's just not easy to come by if you're just, you know, pew pew and, and then going into to multiplayer. <laughs> Which is how I was playing. Yeah. Which was I and I do love, you know, I, I the the story aspect I do love. I would I would rather do a strike or, you know, than than just going into I forget what the oh my gosh, what the multiplayer arena is called. The crucible. The crucible. Oh my gosh, it's been so long. Um but I would <laughs> rather I would rather do that with, you know, a fire team than going into crucible and just kind of, you know, combat. Uh but I did feel like it was similar to the Souls games wherein and, and Bloodborne especially, wherein, okay, there is a lot of lore, but you do have to go looking for it. Or you do have to read, go read the Wikipedia page after, mm -hmm. because you're maybe not going to get it directly in the story. No, um, the Bungie has been, <laughs> yeah. has been a lot better about incorporating a lot of the lore directly in the director, because that was something that they were criticized for with the grimoire being originally being on Bungie.net, right? So you really actually had to go outside of the game to get a lot of the lore. And it's been collected in a couple of books now that you can read, but more so if you go to your triumphs page and your collections pages, you can see a lot of the lore directly on the item um, entries there, which is great because it means that you, know, you can take time while you're inside the game to look up lore. But it, a lot of it is, as you guys mentioned, text-based so it's a lot of reading and you have to like kind of put a lot of pieces together which is why there's you know some people in the destiny community who are really really deep into the lore but the vast majority of destiny players are like familiar with it but don't know like the the more finite details that's exactly how i was and i i do appreciate when there is a lot of that intricate universe building and someone can go and like a puzzle piece and tie these threads all together and find out that story 
But for me, I guess being especially the casual player that I was at the time, it, it was pretty daunting. Um, and then and then when I got to the point where I was just sort of playing it every day to find Zer and collect my mm-hmm. my stuff and, you know, it, it but but this might be the one that gets me back in because the subclasses look really, really cool. It's um, been a while since we got new subclasses. I know. Uh, who do? What do you play as? What are your uh, classes of choice? I'm always a warlock, only a warlock. I I play <laughs> a very specific role whenever I'm playing Destiny, and my clan is constantly uh, frustrated by that. But I almost 100% <laughs> play Tickle Fingers. I love electrocuting things, and <laughs> that is usually the subclass I'm going with is Arc. But the, yeah, the Shade Binder looks pretty interesting. I may I may try it out. Yeah, like um, Re, I am always one class, and that class is Hunter. I've been a Hunter since the Destiny Alpha so many years ago. I have dabbled in the other classes, and once you become a Hunter with the jump, the Hunter hops, as I call them, you really just can't go back to other yes. the, the other jumps. <laughs> Especially because the platforming in Destiny is just, you know, sometimes it's a little tricky, so I, platforming, not the greatest. Yes. Oh, yeah. So I, I am was also Hunter. Um, like for that reason too, the Hunter just felt very nimble, mm-hmm. which I liked a lot. Um, and but I will say of these new like these new subclass uh, that the that come with the stasis, the the warlock is pretty cool. The warlock and the titan might, I think, be be cooler than the hunter. Um, I mean, the that, hunters are always seen as the coolest ones, right? So they had to give us something. Poor <laughs> oh, I'm it's sorry. interesting that you say that because every time this comes up, it's always the other classes being like, y'all always get the OP abilities. You're the best. And it feels like every class is always pointing the finger at another class because I'm the like, as hunters, greener. we're always underpowered in Crucible. We're underpowered in AOE effects. And now we finally have something that feels, you know, like a sustained super that we can throw kind of like Dawnblade for, for Warlock. But it's essentially just like a ripoff of Dawnblade. Except yeah. it's ice. But I haven't played with it yet, so I can't judge it. This is me just basing it off of the gameplay that I've seen from Bungie. Because again, yeah. haven't been able to get in there. Yes, there we go. The Revenant subclass. And just like on paper, the Hunter Revenant and the Warlock Shadebinder, their super sound kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Like the silence and squall of the Hunter is like throwing blades at enemies that freeze them. And then you detonate to create this storm that will kind of get any outliers. And then the, the Warlock is the Winter's Wrath, which freezes targets. And then you detonate the... Crystal to kind of do the same thing. Yeah, it's a staff versus um, a blade. It seems to be the main difference, but but I like what it's we'll doing. <laughs> I like I like <laughs> it has it's like theatrical, which is what I like in Destiny. Um, yeah, there's that blade. Yeah, yeah. The oh, staff okay, is yeah, the cool. Staff is the cool. staff is cool looking. It's about time that the warlocks got like a proper like you know badass looking staff. <laughs> yeah, R- Rihanna, you get one. <laughs> Like we get one, one cool one. one. I mean, Dawnblade isn't bad if you have, uh, oh, forget what the, I forget what the chest piece is, but it gives you wings when you're using Dawnblade. That one feels pretty cool. Oh, damn. Yeah, Titan is always uh, real aggressive looking. Yeah, just say it, just say it, just say it. <laughs> it's a little OP, a little bit. <laughs> but can they jump? Uh, no. Yeah, they do have no. the worst jump. <laughs> Sure. Those poor Vault of Glass Titan runs all. Oh no. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited for Vault of Glass to come back. So excited. Oh, yeah. The best oh my platforming God. in the entire game. 
It's gonna start. I'm just gonna reinstall right now. Do yeah. it. Join us. One okay. of us. One of us. One of us. So, <laughs> if if someone. If someone like me who hasn't played in in several updates is getting back in right now, or if somebody's starting, these might be too different. But if someone were to just jump into Destiny now, do you guys feel like there is a good entry point for that? I mean, that's that's so tough because <laughs> I think like the one thing that Bungie has not really done well is create an onboarding tutorial section for new players that incorporates all of the new RPG mechanics that have changed. Because I think what's really difficult for new players coming in is understanding the multiple currencies, how those currencies work together, how the mod system works on your armor, and really understanding the min-maxing that Destiny fans have really grown to love over the last couple of years, and that Bungie has really done an excellent job of really... Um, modifying the end game chase of destiny to make it feel rewarding for really hardcore players now for new players there's a lot that gets thrown at you all at once and if even if you start with the story like lore wise you can get maybe eased in but mechanics wise you you might feel a little bit lost and i really wish that bungie would put some kind of tutorial inside the game to teach people like hey maybe you go to this one kiosk in the tower and it like walks you through exactly how to use mods and like how to like use your gear sets together and the way that you use shards and what, you know, infusing your weapons can do and what kinds of weapons you can infuse. Cause it's a, it's a lot. It yeah. is. And even just the menus are a little overwhelming. There's a lot of information in there. And if you've played a while ago, like you're still power level 300 and you missed what, like 10 updates, you go back and you have all these like items that you need to clear out. You're not sure what you need to keep. And as you upgrade uh, through your season pass, like you may not realize, oh, you have rewards in that season pass tab. If you move over in your menu, you could like get a bunch of free engrams. A lot of people miss that because it's not spelled out for you, as Andrea just said. So it, it does require some handholding, but that's what a good clan is for. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I yesterday I was like, okay, I remember my power level being about 330 or 50. Like, let me go look and see what it's about now. And I was like, Vegeta, I was like, it's over 1,000. <laughs> like, I, had, I, had, I had like a heart attack um, because I thought, man, like, I, I don't even know how much time it would take me, how, you know, whether it is that kind of exponential now level up where it would, oh, maybe it'd be like I play for five hours and then I feel like I'm, or it's going to take me a week to get you know back to where I needed to be yeah, yeah I, I mean, think it depends on oh sorry go ahead Andrea no 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 you you go ahead <laughs> I think it depends on what your goals are right so if you want to keep the gear that you were used to as a 300 level it it won't be too bad because you'll grab a bunch of blues immediately that'll be at uh, closer to that thousand level and then you can infuse as Andrea was describing some of those things the problem is some of the older gear sets don't have the same mod slots that the current gear does, so they will inherently be underpowered even at their max. So there's a lot of balancing that you have to do with like what you want to do as the player that's comfortable with what you have now versus what you want to do as a pair a character who is like completely maxed out and you know fully ready for uh, 
Aaron Banner, but I, I mean, you just gotta abandon your gear if you if you're yeah. in the three hundreds. Like any gear you had is gone. Just literally trash it all. Um, you can take your exotics out of your collection, so don't worry about that. But like, it's gone. It's done. It's done. So I mean, almost all the gear I have that's like at ten fifty that's in my vault, I have to trash. So it's just like. Don't don't bother with that. I mean, but it's like any MMO, okay. right? I think a lot of times we think about Destiny as a first-person shooter because obviously it is, but this really is an MMO RPG FPS hybrid genre game, and they have really leaned into that MMO RPG aspect over the last two years of development of Destiny Two, and you would know that it's going to be difficult for somebody to jump back into a game like wow, after being gone for two or three years, right? I mean, it's just as difficult to kind of like reacquaint yourself um, with a game like Destiny as it would be with any other MMORPG out there. Yeah, I feel like Robin Williams in Jumanji when he comes back from the jungle... And he's like, like, he's like, you know, what year is it? Because you guys, you guys are saying words that I haven't heard in <laughs> like, like, uh, Iron Banner and Exot. And I'm like, oh my oh, gosh, I, I totally, mean, you totally even missed about all the whole Umbral Ingram whole cycle. It's probably not a bad is, thing. <laughs> oh, is it a, not good? It was no, a soft, were, honestly, it was tough. They were fine. They were, it was just fine. very poorly explained if you weren't there day one. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the rewards were just like, okay. There was like a couple guns. It was a good chance to get a really nice roll on a, on a nine hunger. But you might not even know that there's rolls for guns now. That like guns have perks that can re-roll and that you can chase guns to get different perks. <laughs> Cause uh-huh. like that- Nothing what you're saying has any context or meaning for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Like, Cody, you're memeing it up. Nice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, well... Uh, on this day, this monumental day, any any last imparting things to say about about this new expansion? Uh, the one thing I want to say to people who are like you, Elise, and are contemplating getting back in, if you are an Xbox owner and you own Xbox Game Pass, you can get access to everything in Destiny 2, and I literally mean everything, on Xbox Game Pass, which is an incredible value. New Light is also free, so that's a that's a big chunk of content if you want to jump back in. I know Stadia was doing a deal with Destiny 2, uh, the Destiny 2 collection as well. So there are ways to jump back in without feeling like you have to make a big financial commitment to the game, and I would encourage you to explore those options if they're available to you. Because Destiny rocks. Yeah. It does. It's, it's kind of the first and only game of this type that I've really like gotten engrossed in and, and got to the point where I was hate, even hate playing it. (laughs) I was just trying to do my rewards every day, which is like very atypical of me. So no, uh, same Elise. I I don't really do RPGs, but I will run in and do dailies and weeklies in destiny because I love shooters. So it's the perfect mix of the two for me. Yeah. They, they were like, let's get everybody. Yeah. (laughs) Let's think of all. Um, I, it's crazy also that like we're talking about a Destiny 2 expansion in a console launch week. Um, and that's the story I led with. But I was like, fuck it. <laughs> Let's talk about Destiny. Uh, but yeah, the, uh, the PS5 and Xbox Series X and S uh, launched this week. Uh, the Xbox Series X and S launched today on the day that we're recording this podcast. And then the PS5 is uh, two days from now on the 12th. And I haven't gotten any time with the 
PS5 yet. I've gotten very minimal time with the Xbox Series X, and it was it was I was playing uh, the uh, Dark and An- Dark Pictures Anthology, Little Hope, which you know was a great game, but it wasn't exactly pushing like the limits of processing power necessarily. Um, but it was just mind blowing the fact that there were no loading screens like or yeah. or just negligible loading screens between transitions like it it did feel you know tangentially or not tangentially it did feel uh tangibly different from the last console generation um and so i don't know if either of you have gotten much time with the new consoles and what your impressions are so far I know I've probably gotten the, gotten most. the most time. Uh, I know yeah. Reed just got her Series X. I saw the the photo on Twitter that it arrived. <laughs> Very exciting. Um, um, so I have a Xbox Series X that was sent to us by Xbox and Microsoft. So thank you to them for that. And I also have a PlayStation 5 that was sent by Sony Interactive Entertainment. So thank you for that. Disclosures are important. Um, I have to say, so I talked about this on the What's Good Games podcast from last week. Um, both consoles are very powerful. Obviously, Xbox making a big show that they have more teraflops and more processing power. Uh, that's cool. The thing that I really love about the PS5, though, is that it feels different. Like It feels really different than PS4, whereas Xbox Series X feels very much like Xbox One X. Now, if you had an original Xbox One from early in the generation or even an Xbox One S then the Series X is definitely going to feel like a big upgrade, at least graphically and processing power-wise. But the UI is identical to what you have on the previous generation. So that is right at its face, like, you know, like nothing different or new there. Um, And the controller is essentially identical. It's just a tiny, tiny bit smaller (laughs) than the Xbox One (laughs) controller. You know, and they've swapped out that D-pad for the Elite controller D-pad. So a little different there. But like the DualSense compared to the DualShock 4 are like, they're like two different pieces of equipment. I mean, the DualSense is just super, super cool. I actually have my DualSense right here. Um, And what's really kind of neat about this is, so Sony made a big deal about talking about the, adaptive triggers and the haptic feedback that they've incorporated into the dual sense and this is really i think game changing i don't think it's going to be implemented by a ton of games much like the touchpad on the dualshock 4 wasn't implemented as a gameplay tool in a lot of games obviously most games just use it as a button press to like bring up a menu or a map but some games you would you know you know, use swipe gestures on the touchpad. You know, famously in, in The Last of Us Part Two, you could play guitar mm-hmm. um, on the touchpad. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of cool things that particularly Sony first party games, no surprise, we're doing with yeah. the uniqueness of the DualShock 4, but the DualSense with the, the haptic feedback and the adaptive triggers is is something you got to feel to experience. And <laughs> I highly encourage anybody who is getting a PlayStation 5 this week to spend time in Astro's Playroom because that game is super fun and it's really cute and it's a surprisingly great 3D platformer that's a pack-in game for everybody who has a PS5 to play. So it's it's been a really fun fun week testing it out. Is that game sort of Sony's way of like showing off the, the limits of that controller? Yes, it is like a glorified tech demo for sure. Okay. Yeah, it's similar to the, the VR version that came with the PlayStation VR. So it... Uh, takes advantage of that haptic feedback as Andrew is describing where if you're pulling an arrow back it feels like you're really drawing some kind of tension and you know you have to 
swing from piece to piece and grab something like your rock climbing and the, you know it has the motion controls involved there so it, it's definitely different <laughs> from uh, the dual shocks we're used to and uh, i enjoyed the few like five minutes that i had with it um but i'm looking forward to playing more and hopefully more than just first party uses some of those features because it is something that's really really different yeah, I hope so, um, especially with the accessibility that comes with the, uh, the Xbox controller in particular. Um, you know, taking advantage of that is really great. Um, and I'm also, like, fingers crossed that I get that PS5 this week because Miles Morales, <laughs> like, oh, I think yeah. that's what everybody is clamoring for right now. Oh, yeah. Um, I, it's just gorgeous. This is, like, flat yeah. out just beautiful. Um, Christine Steimer, who was part of our crew at What's Good, was talking about it on the show uh, because she started playing it on PS4 and then she spent some time with it um, on the PS5 that we have. And she actually stopped playing it on her PS4 when she went back to her house to oh, wait no. for her PS5 to arrive uh, because it was such a dramatic difference in graphical quality um, between the two systems, which I thought was really interesting to hear her talk about. Um, but the game looks the game looks amazing. Like the the snow effects alone in New York at Christmas time, um, it just really is a great showpiece. We talk about showpieces for the power of next gen. I think that's what Sony really did well. And I know that people were hoping that Miles would get like a bigger full fledged game, much like Peter Parker did. And I feel like that's going to come because early reviews that we've seen so far that were you know released last Friday clearly show that people like the game right um, and I think once it gets into the hands of everybody who owns a PS5 this holiday they're all going to hopefully enjoy it as well but like Xbox is just doesn't have that thing Xbox doesn't have a Spider-Man Miles Morales yeah and uh, that is part of the exhilarating thing with it comes with a new console is like what's the one at least the one game that you have that you yeah. feel like this is something different and exciting and I am sorry to say that it doesn't feel like xbox has that um i mean it would have been halo but yeah yeah rip rip halo yeah. <laughs> 500 more million dollars as zombie kill says just wasn't enough to get them to, to launch at holiday um but it, it, i don't want to downplay how how powerful the xbox series x is as well because i've been playing assassin's creed valhalla obviously a third-party ubisoft game on the xbox and the game looks gorgeous i feel like this is finally the generation that 4k gaming is going to become more common and is really going to start you know proliferating among the gaming community because 4k gaming really just started to become a thing last generation but the majority of people at least i know that play games still don't have 4k televisions mm -hmm. i specifically invested in buying a 4k tv when the xbox one x came out but that was just like two years ago and now with, you know, ho hopefully with some, you know, Black Friday sales on the horizons, people will look at what the 4K TV options are because there is a very big difference between playing in 1080p and playing in 4K 60 frames per second. And hearing Phil Spencer confirm on Xbox's stream today that you're going to be able to play the Crucible and Destiny 2 Beyond Light at 120 frames per second on Xbox Series X oh was... <laughs> Rihanna spanning Dude, the PC, the PC <laughs> master race has been holding that over our heads forever, at least. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I have so many friends that are buying new TVs because we finally have hardware that's optimized for it. Um, 
Oh, really? <laughs> She's nice. like, oh, I got my new TV. Very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Read. And I mean, in terms of like streaming as well, James has been uh, he's been a streaming fool with uh, <laughs> like, I don't even know. What are you? What are you streaming, James, from Games Pass? What? What are you streaming from Games Pass? Yakuza Zero. Yakuza Zero. Nice. Uh, I see Fuser back there. Super Lucky's Tale. <laughs> Super Lucky's Tale. So. Yeah, every time I look, I'll be on my like Switch, it. and then he's like, he's like, I have something better than a Switch, and I'm like, no, you don't. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he's. Hey. Um, excuse we, we got, me. Can you harvest mushrooms and make mushroom lamps on your island? No, you can't. You can't. Um, <laughs> we were fortunate. Microsoft sent us an Xbox One X early, but I feel like he's been using that feature much more than we've been using the actual console so far. Yeah. Um, but yeah, once those games come, it's it's going to be lit. As they I say, a, I will give a shout out to Tetris Effect. Oh my god, God, I love that an game. experience. Honestly. That's what I, that's what I heard. Someone was like, "If you've never taken acid, play Tetris Effect." because uh, <laughs> yeah. it's apparently wild. So yeah, tonight. Well, they tonight, have the connected we're... Tetris Effect connected, which is yep. the co-op version. So it's multiplayer. Mm-hmm. So definitely wear headphones if you've got mm-hmm. them, or if you've got like a bomb ass <laughs> surround sound, where you can like blast the music. Do that too. And oh, if you have VR, if you want to take your trip to the next level, <laughs> I want to be incapacitated <laughs> by the end of it. <laughs> it's so good. The, um, the soundtrack for that game is just Chef's Kiss. So good. Um, that's awesome. Okay, well, I love talking to you guys because now I feel like genuinely hyped for games. Yay. Oh, which I, I have. Which you'll, we haven't even we, mentioned we, Demon uh, Souls yet because technically we can't talk about it. <laughs> oh, d- it's still under embargo. Oh, geez. Okay. <gasps> but I know a lot Say of people no who are getting PS5 are very excited about Demon Souls because it's, it's all been about Spider-Man Miles Morales so far. But um, that's another huge exclusive that PlayStation fans I know are excited for. But I mean, James hit the hit the nail on the head when it comes to Game Pass. Like there's there's literally hundreds of games you can play when ea announced that they were teaming up ea play and the access to those games combined with game pass and now microsoft's like we're just gonna you know throw the cherry on top there and say we're gonna give you three days of disney plus (laughs) as as well 30 days to watch the mandalorian have fun everybody yeah and we'll actually we're gonna talk about that in the news gauntlet that's coming up oh sorry didn't need to jump again uh, oh no that's that is a great transition and a welcome one because i'm terrible at them (laughs) (laughs) so thank you um but first a word from our sponsor this fall as you get back into the swing of things bespoke post has brand new seasonal box of awesome collections guaranteed to upgrade your life right now uh, you can upgrade your autumn craft beers or cozy threads for when the temperature dips and bespoke post only sends guys the best stuff every month no matter what you're into box of awesome has you covered from style and grooming goods to barware cooking tools and outdoor gear Box of Awesome has collections for every part of your life. They have travel bags, drink mixing kits. It's all very cool. James and I have an awesome knife, uh, a chef's knife, that it's too nice to use, but we do, and it's incredible. And there's a reason it's called a Box of Awesome, because the knife is awesome. To get started, you can take the quiz at boxofawesome.com, and your answers will help them pick the right Box of Awesome for you. They release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories, it's free to sign up and you can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bones, 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. So right now you can get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code DUDE, 
at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code DUDE, D-U-D-E, for 20% off your first box. It's 20% off your first box of awesome. And we're back. And yeah, Andrea, you mentioned Disney Plus is on a marketing spree right now. Uh, They not only do they have uh, new members to Disney Plus getting a 30-day subscription trial through the Xbox Games Pass Perks Gallery, they're also giving up two months of Disney Plus for free if you make an in-game purchase in Fortnite. Oh, I didn't Um, realize that was that that was an option, too. Yeah, it it feels like I maybe it's because they don't have these these releases coming out because of COVID delays. So Disney Plus is like, how do we get people in if we don't have the content? Okay, let's just do a marketing blitz where we reach out to these other platforms, which is smart. It it really is. I mean, once you get signed up for the subscription, it usually takes at least 30 to 60 days for you to be bothered to go and cancel your subscription if you don't want it anymore. And you multiply yeah. that times tens of millions of users. And that's a lot of money for Disney. Oh, yeah. Yep. I um, love those subs. <laughs> I am already bought into the Disney Plus ecosystem, so... I, I mean, benefit. obviously we are, <laughs> we are too. Is this where I say that my husband works for Disney? Cause he does. <laughs> yeah. This is all just a ploy to get you to own up, Andrea. <laughs> the Drake household <laughs> needs your Disney plus subscription. <laughs> so sign up today. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was kind of, um, it's a little bit of a quiet week for news because the consoles are monopolizing it, but there was a big event over the weekend, which also got eclipsed by the election a little bit. But Max Mass Effect Legendary Edition is coming, a 4K remaster. Yay. Don't call it a remake. <laughs> um, coming to PS or PC, PS4, Xbox One in 2021. Andrea, are you a big fan, Rihanna? Because I know you are, Andrea. Uh, I'm maybe like a fraction of a fan that Andrea is for Mass Effect. <laughs> yeah, Andrea's, uh, if I remember, like a fanatic. Yeah, any yes. fandom of mine is dwarfed by Andrea's fandom. <laughs> it's not like she has anything visible in her shot right now that might suggest. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. She's. Uh... Oh, oh, that. Oh, yeah. I may have just customized the front of my PC case to say N7 because uh, I was feeling a little sad that those NZXT N7 cases sold out so quickly um, on N7 day. But I can customize the front of mine, so I'm good to go. <laughs> <laughs> That's rad. Um, I was not a Mass Effect fan or not not a fan but I just had never played it and I'm pretty excited that this is actually something I can get on uh, next gen and play in 4k and it's a good I I think a remake it feels a little soon for a remake I don't know how either of you feel but the original game came out in 2008 so I don't think it'd be too soon for the original game to get a full remake but mm-hmm. knowing that they what they kicked off with mass effect andromeda a lot of fans would like to see through i mean and they are obviously hard at work on dragon age 4 um casey hudson the head of studio also confirming that a new mass effect is underway is very exciting um i think a remaster is perfectly fine i think that in order for them to do a full remake they would have to the amount of work it would require for them to build these games from the ground up, I just don't think would be the payoff that EA and Bioware would need financially in order to justify that cost. I think instead what we would want is like a Mass Effect 4 or even an Andromeda 2. I know Andromeda was like a hotly contested 
entry into the series, but a lot of Mass Effect fans love Andromeda, myself included, even though, uh, for the record, Mass Effect 2 is the best Mass Effect, and I will not hear any other arguments. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) this is exciting news. It obviously was leaked forever ago, and then there was like a a steady like trickle of information, mostly coming from one Jeff Grubb over at GameSpeed. But I'm glad that they finally announced it, and they announced it on N7 Day. We predicted that they would announce it on N7 Day. I did not predict that it wouldn't be coming until spring 2021, however. But honestly, at this point, I'll keep waiting. I mean, (laughs) I don't care. That's fine by me. I just don't know why they didn't already just say it's coming to PS5 and Xbox Series X as well. Like, why not? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, is that... a strange call. Oh, yeah. I guess I I didn't even notice that. Yeah. that's Because that's what I would definitely want to be playing it on. That's what almost everybody's going to want to be playing it on if that, that has upgraded. I think it makes sense for them to release on both. I mean, it's typical for cross-gen releases to happen in the first mm-hmm. year or so of the generation, but why they wouldn't just outright say, hey, spring 2021 on both is kind of a head-scratcher, but they'll be available yeah. through backwards compatibility. So, like, why not just... Especially, oh. I, I have to imagine that would drive... I mean, not that they need to be driven in sales because they're so tough to get but it would definitely drive next gen consoles to know that hey like this is a release i can get um so yeah that is that that is weird um another piece of news that i just thought was really really interesting is that eve online has introduced a mini game designed to help researchers understand the coronavirus so they're asking that players um mark out different population cells and uh, researchers can analyze how the virus affects the immune system. And over 170,000 gamers have done this. Uh, and so they've essentially categorized 36 years of cells for researchers. And I just, I just kind of thought this was pretty awesome. incredible yeah. to do and awesome. Uh, and I always like when there's a positive story coming out of gaming, <laughs> you know, it's like, Oh, this is actually working toward the betterment of humanity. Thank you. Gaming. Yay. Uh, so that's pretty cool. Leave it to the Eve really community. Cool. I know <laughs> those nerds doing good things to help the world. Good job. Yeah, Those, those rich nerds. <laughs> oh my gosh. So rich. <laughs> so Blow up rich. their planes, Blow up their ships. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's really neat. Uh, and now this is this is my favorite time of the show because it's all about the love of games. It's a little segment called "One for Now, One for Later." Show uh, segment jingle pending. Uh, someone did write me like a really great jingle. Just haven't introduced it yet, but it's a segment of the show where we talk about a game that we're playing now and then one that we're excited to play later. It can be near future, distant future, new or old, just something maybe in your backlog that you haven't gotten to yet. Uh, but you know, whatever floats your boat and. I noticed that you guys have very similar picks <laughs> and and one particularly that I was like, oh, damn, I didn't think of that. Uh, but Rihanna, do you want to kick it off with yours? Yeah, I have played three games um, of traditional trios and Apex, Apex Legends Season 7, which is Ascension. Andrew knows that I can talk about Apex for hours, so I will try to keep this short. <laughs> but there's a lot to this update. So we have a new hero, we have a new map, we have a new vehicle other than the train that you can actually operate yourself, um, a new limited time mode that like introduces you to this new map, which is called Olympus. And um, they've actually changed the loot and the map meta as well. So there's a whole lot to get into. And if you haven't played Apex in a while, it does feel pretty different. So it's worth trying it out a few times just to see if it's 
uh, if it's jiving with you. But um, my favorite thing is obviously the new hero because that's always really exciting. And her name is Horizon. And she, I think her backstory is she was playing around with like black holes and accidentally got sucked into one. And now she understands like gravitational pulls super, super well. And she just like fucks with them all the time. And it's really, really cool. She has a cute little accent. And her tactical is this thing called gravity lift where she puts this little thing on the ground and it makes this huge cyclone that can lift people up into the sky and you could either use it to get your enemies into an easy target space or you can use it for traversal. And because, uh, sorry, because I, <laughs> I absolutely love, love so excited. <laughs> I absolutely love trolling people by like getting up into places that they can't tell where I am and then shooting down on them. It, that the spacewalk plus the gravity lift means that she can like go into her little cyclone and like get on top of like a building and she can operate in the air a lot better than other uh, legends. And so they don't know that you got up there and you're constantly just like shooting fish in a barrel and it's really, really fun. And then also, the- <laughs> or OP so, so, is what you mean? I know I was just going to say, so it's you. You're the reason I don't play multiplayer games. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she's the one. <laughs> She's the one. <laughs> it's really effective. I'm sure they'll nerf it. But, I'm sure um, it is. <laughs> the other thing that's really cool about Horizon's kit is that her ult is this black hole and it pulls all of the people nearby into a center of mass. But if you combine it with certain things like incendiary grenades or with caustics like Nox grenade, then you can create this like little zone of terror and just like keep sucking people into it and like just throwing shit at them. And it's really, really fun. And so, of course, my brain goes into like these like thousand <laughs> IQ meta loops where you can like put a caustic there and then you put a rampart. And so you have turrets all around shooting at the center where the black hole is and everybody sucked into it. And you're just like raining death upon them. It's really fun Apex so she's is gonna great. get nerfed is what you're saying i know it's like you're you're doing qa testing for, on this podcast for them <laughs> you're like here's what you need to nerf <laughs> this and oh this. my god yeah no horizon is great and um i'm really and excited to like see me. the comps oh she does she does look like andrea you should cosplay as her that'd be really really cute it could be fun yeah but it, it, horizon is great the limited time mode for Olympus gives you a way to like run through the map and understand where you're supposed to go without getting killed immediately. So that's nice that they introduced a mechanic to introduce new players to the map. Uh, first time they've done that. And then they've also added clubs, which is like a little LFG system where you can find people who are searching for the same tags and like their player behavior. So you want to look for nice people or, or people who don't use comms, which, you know, for some <laughs> people, maybe that's a plus. Um, and uh, it, they, it's similar to... <laughs> Uh, the system that they put into Destiny a while back, and um, it's really great. It's a good time to get back into to Apex if you haven't played in a while. And I'll stop there. Awesome. Sorry. No, I mean I love it. I I don't. I I have no frame of reference, but I feel like I could, I could listen to you talk about it forever because you're so enthusiastic. <laughs> um, and I love it. No, that sounds rad. Yeah, I I played Apex when it first came out, and kind of haven't gone back since. But it sounds like there's a lot more dimension to it now. Absolutely. A lot more verticality. The vehicle is really cool. It doesn't blow up, which is usually a problem with a lot of vehicles <laughs> in these games. Um, but yeah, there, there's there's more ways to get around and um, it doesn't feel as uh, as quick when you die. So you have more time to fight back. Sounds right. And um, you had a few for your uh, one for later. It's hard to pick. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I see them all and I'm like, yeah, it is hard to decide between those. Yeah, I mean, I had, obviously, we talked about Miles Morales and Beyond Line already, and 
the third the third I'm looking forward to is Valhalla, which Andrea has already been playing. So I'll I'll let her talk about that one. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I had mentioned earlier um, that I've been playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla on Xbox Series X, and I am a giant Assassin's Creed fan. Um, almost more than I am a Mass Effect fan, if, if you could believe it. But probably just because there's been way more Assassin's Creed games because they continued to make games, whereas Bioware stopped making Mass Effect games for a long time. <laughs> um, so I love the direction that they took the Assassin's Creed franchise, beginning with Assassin's Creed Origins, and then going even further into the RPG elements in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. And they absolutely go even a step further when it comes to player customization and progression and RPG mechanics in Valhalla. But they also bring back some series elements of stealth that I think have been sorely missing. Now, how they're implemented... I'm still a little on the fence about. Um, so they brought things back like social blending. So when you're in towns or areas mm -hmm. that aren't friendly to you, you have to have your hood up and you have to walk slowly, blend in with crowds. You can sit down on benches if you're being chased by a guard and kind of lose them. Things that we saw, you know, in some of the earlier Assassin's Creed games. Um, they've definitely made stealth a lot more difficult, like a lot more difficult than it was in previous games. And I know that there's a section of the community that absolutely loves that increased difficulty because it forces you to be more strategic. But as somebody who has a limited amount of time and Assassin's Creed games have gotten enormous, I find it frustrating to play. I've been playing on normal difficulty, but what I do like about what they've done about the difficulty sliders is that they've kind of taken a page from what we saw in... Uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider. If anybody played that game, they had these I really love those games. Yeah, they had these really great difficulty sliders that allowed you to mm -hmm. have difficulty sliders for combat, exploration, and puzzles. And Assassin's Creed Valhalla has that as well. Um, and so it Ooh. allows you to kind of say, hey, I want the exploration to be really easy. Show me exactly where I need to go. Or you can slide it the other way and it can just be you know, they don't they don't handhold you at all. You literally have to go out and find it. It's literally called Pathfinder difficulty. Um, they do the same for for combat um, and for puzzles as well, which I thought was a really nice touch, really kind of letting people customize their experience. Um, you play as a, a Viking, right? It's all set in in um, Norway and England. And then there's, of course, some Norse mythology lands that you can visit as well. Uh, you play a Viking named Eivor. And for the first time ever, you can choose either to be uh, female Eivor, male Eivor, or you can let the animus decide. And Ooh. I didn't realize before some of the other reviews came out that if you let the animus decide, you actually spend certain parts of the campaign as female or male Eivor. Oh. Like it moves you back and forth, which I thought was really interesting. And if I had known that, I would have picked that. I think yeah. you technically can change that in the menu at any time, actually, now that I'm saying that out loud. Um, so they've done some really cool different things. Obviously, you're going to get that classic, beautiful open world art that we've seen in the Assassin's Creed games. It just looks gorgeous on, on Xbox. I'm sure it's going to look beautiful on PlayStation and PC as well when it comes out. Um, I just have been having such a fun time with the game. I hate how they nerfed your bird friend. So you have a raven mm -hmm. this time around instead of an eagle, but they just nerfed the bird powers and it just like bums oh. me out so bad. <laughs> what can't he do now? I mean, basically, um, so Sunan is the name of your raven 
And when you go into Sunin's uh, flight mode, you can survey and you can see icons mm -hmm. kind of 3D in the world, which I think is cool. So you can see just how far away like your mission objective is, like as you're in engine instead of looking on a map. But you can no longer tag enemies um, from above. You can't tag where treasures are. Um, so when you enter like a big fortress that has, you know, like 30, 40 plus guards in it, like a really big area, uh, you can only manually tag, I think, three enemies. And then you have to just use your Odin sight or like your eagle vision. Mm -hmm. You have to constantly be spamming that to see where all of the enemies are, which obviously really makes the spell, uh, the stealth, excuse me, a lot more difficult. So I think there's like a give and take. I think that they you know, did some new things that's really cool, the way they changed gear to make it feel like it's not so disposable this time. Because I felt in Odyssey, you were just picking up so many pieces of gear that you were just having to dismantle, sell, or, you know, get rid of. And here, your gear is a little bit more persistent, and there's a much deeper upgrade system with the gear than there was in Odyssey. So I think, like, you know, it's going to be all up to player preference and what you like as a player, but they have definitely given you more tools to allow you to customize your RPG experience for better or for worse. Great. So it definitely sounds like it's kind of a return to some of the things people genuinely love about Assassin's Creed. Yeah, the climbing is interesting because the way that the parkour has been involved in the franchise has really evolved over time. And one of the things I loved about some of the earlier Assassin's Creed games were some of the climbing puzzles. And then mm -hmm. in the last game in Odyssey, it, it almost went full Breath of the Wild, <laughs> where it's like <laughs> you can climb pretty much anything. <laughs> um, and I feel like it's just the kind of player you are to decide if you like that or not. It's very similar this time around, but Eivor has three different meters that you have to manage. You have a special abilities meter. You have a health meter for the first time, which is nothing you've had to manage in Assassin's Creed before. And you have a stamina meter which i hate i hate stamina meters yep. in games so much <laughs> same <laughs> oh just i just want to be a superpower i just want to be a hero i want to exactly be, let me live the fantasy at least I want the yeah fantasy. i'm like i have bad stamina in real life i don't <laughs> like, in my escapism i don't need to have bad stamina yeah but i think um, that there's going to be people who really like that challenge and have been craving that in an assassin's creed game and and then I guess you'll get it. I guess I just need to turn all of my sliders down to baby ass baby mode and just be done with it. Hey. <laughs> Map full of markers as far as the eye can see. Give me all That's of the what maps. I like. <laughs> um, your, your game for later is one that I saw and I was like, yes, I'm pumped for this too. Beyond Good and Evil. Yeah. So speaking of, you had mentioned James playing a lot of stuff on Game Pass. Um, when I boot, and this is, I don't know if this is on Game Pass. I would have to double check. Uh, when I booted up my Xbox Series X and I went to my inventory, my game library, you know, it allows you to download anything that's in your game library um, onto your new mm -hmm. console. And so I, of course, you know, downloaded some, some of the games I knew I'd be playing, you know, like Peggle 2 is important. Um, but <laughs> I saw Beyond Good and Evil in my library and I was like, oh my gosh, I haven't played that in so long, I would love to go back and play it again because hopefully someday Beyond Good and Evil 2 <laughs> will eventually come out and we'll hear something about it again. I'm hoping 2021 is the year that Ubisoft is like, okay, we're ready to finally talk about it again. But yeah, it's a great game. And I think if people have never played it, I, hopefully people have heard of it by now. Um, it's you know not a super long experience, but certainly a game worth playing. And it's kind of it's a kind of a weird game. And I'm sort of wondering how I don't know that they're going to 
pl- they can't possibly play the same. Yeah, I don't know if it's aged <laughs> but, well. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like it I might not have aged well. I don't, know that it, it, I don't know that it has, but I think it's rad. And I, I'm just, I'm wondering how much they're going to feel more like spiritual a, a spiritual successor as opposed to like a direct sequel. Oh, you mean Beyond Good and Evil 2? Yes, the new one. Oh, I feel like it's going to be spiritual successor for for sure. Yeah. I, I would probably liken it to the, what the God of War reboot was to the original God of War. I think like it's going to be that much of a dramatic difference in what we get in the next one. Like, I mean, they've already said as much based off what we've seen so far. It looks like a dramatically different game than the action adventure that we know. I, I would even think of it more as like a classic adventure game. The mm-hmm. action part of it isn't as as yeah, intense as no. maybe Ubisoft is making it out to be. But this game was originally released in 2003. Talk about a game oh that's gosh. due for a, a full remake. I mean, Beyond Good and Evil is is a, is up there for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, my games, not as exciting maybe, <laughs> but especially my first one, but I love it. Um, I've been playing Agent A, A Puzzle in Disguise on, on the Switch. Um, I'm a big puzzle fan and I'm not ashamed of it. Uh, and this game, I think this may have originally been on iOS, uh, but it got ported to the switch and it's very much a escape room. You know, you're playing as a spy that's infiltrated a villain's lair and you're building on puzzle after puzzle, sort of a, uh, you know, kind of Talos principle esque, uh, but maybe with a few more gadgets involved and you're, uh, you know, interpreting codes and, uh, doing a lot of environmental puzzles to try to, to figure out how to move to the next stage. And I, I very easily get sunk into this sort of stuff. So I've been really enjoying it. And I had also just uh, replayed Jenny LeClue with the added voice acting update, which is sort of the Jenny LeClue is a very, very charming game has a very charming story and visuals, but it does feel a little bit more rudimentary in terms of like game mechanics and and puzzling it is very much targeted toward toward a younger audience whereas this feels like oh it's you know genuinely challenging puzzles that you're trying to do um and solve and the game i'm i'm looking forward to later is the medium which i think just got delayed a little delay it right did. yeah they announced that yeah. yesterday into january it was supposed to come out december 10th mm-hmm um, but there may be another big game coming out on December 10th that they didn't want to yeah. get in the way of. <laughs> <laughs> I know Cyberpunk is just sort of like wrecking balled December. Yes. Just a bowl in the China shop of yeah. release dates, just knocking them all off the shelves. And I feel bad for any game that was originally releasing in November that said, we'll wait out Cyberpunk uh, <laughs> and, and could have come out. But uh, yeah. yeah, the medium is just, I, I love Bloober Team, kind of anything that they do. And just that, you know, the mechanic of switching between worlds is so cool. And I can't wait to see how that plays out, especially in next gen, to see that sort of seamless switch because it just blow, they essentially made it feels like they made like two games. And um, is it the new Ratchet and Clank game that sort of also has the same mechanic where it's like switching between uh, parallel planes? Yeah, because it's a rift I, apart, I just, isn't it? Yes, the Rift yeah. Apart. And I just think I think it's such a cool concept. Um, so I'm I'm really excited. I mean, I think Ratchet and Clank might might be a little bit more elevated in how it's doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's also um, just like it's it's got like kind of a, a you know, Silent Hillish vibe to it. I it's just totally my jam. 
really into yeah. it. Super spooky. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, there, it's still, I know we kind of aren't getting those big next gen releases, but there's still a lot of really good stuff out there. Oh yeah. We haven't even talked about Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, which looks amazing. I feel like Call of Duty always gets kind of like the pass from a lot of mainstream games media because it's like, oh yeah, Mm -hmm. but it's just another Call of Duty. But I think what, what, um, Treyarch and Raven Software are doing with the game this year looks looks awesome. I haven't even gotten a chance to play as much Fuser as I want the new game from Harmonix and and Seesaw. Oh my gosh. Dude, it's so much fun. (laughs) So much James, fun. He was sitting at his computer earlier, James, and he had this giant smile on his face. <laughs> and I was, what's going on? And he's like, well, you know, there's a new new t- game from the team behind uh, Rock Band. And I was like, oh, really? And he's like, he's like, this is going to do away with DJs forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, but he just was playing it with the most massive smile on his face. And I was, I was having such a good time. So I, yeah, I'm excited. Tetris, tonight's going to be Tetris effect in that. Yeah. Uh, just blaring our senses. <laughs> I mean, between Tetris and Fuser, like, honestly, yeah. you really don't need sound anymore. Like, you don't need anything no. else. It's just, like, inject both of those into my yeah. ears. Yeah, <laughs> like fog horns. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that, that's our show for this week. Thank you both so much for doing this, especially given how knowledgeable you are about Destiny. It was super awesome to talk to you both about it. Um, where can people find and follow you and your work? After you, Ree. Uh, oh, yeah. Um, you can catch my comings and goings on Twitter. I'm at Rihanna Tweets Now. That's R-I-A-N-A Tweets Now. And um, I'm also occasionally on What's Good Games whenever I can clear my schedule and join the ladies. And um, yeah, the, I have my dancing videos that I put all over the place, either on Twitter, on Instagram, which is <laughs> Rihanna Grams Now. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it for me. And um, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrea Renee. As Ree said, she um, graces us with her presence at What's Good Games. Uh, it's What's Good underscore games on Twitter. But you can listen to What's Good Games on roosterteeth.com where you are uh, watching this podcast right now. Or you can find us on your favorite podcast app or at youtube.com slash what's good games. And um, yeah, I'm just so excited for your for next gen and i started tick-tocking yeah. so rihanna got oh me into doing tiktok blowing up on tiktok you are um, are so you at andrea renee i've been doing i started off just doing bartending recipes like cocktail recipes uh-huh. but then when the ps5 arrived i did like a little mini unboxing video that apparently went viral <laughs> so now i have, oh to do, have to do gaming content on tiktok too but if you're on tiktok <laughs> look me up oh my gosh i i don't understand tiktok um, but I do love when people send me TikToks, like friends send me TikToks. Ooh, but then, I can send you TikToks, Elise. Yes, be, please. Be careful what you please. wish for, Elise. <laughs> Wait, are you like the TikTok sender of the group? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Whenever you become friends with Rihanna on TikTok, you'll get that 99 plus, like the mm-hmm. inbox is full because she sent you so many TikToks. I am your for you page. <laughs> it is me. <laughs> But don't you worry, like, do you ever, I, uh, Lindsay that works with us, she would be like, man, I sat down at 7 PM and I got up at 9 PM and I was like, where did the time go? I was just watching TikToks. Yes. <laughs> and that's what I'm, I'm worried about. They're addictive. They're hilarious. Like everyday people are really, really funny and clever. 
And it's really great to see that because I don't really see people anymore. So it's a nice yes. substitute. <laughs> and you can get recipes. I watch a lot of like home DIY videos. There's yeah. like so much cool stuff on TikTok. I'm so glad oh, yeah. that I, I finally caved and, and downloaded it and put it on my phone. Because Reba's like, listen, you got to start scrolling TikTok. And I was like, it's just another platform I have to be on. But I spend way more time on TikTok now. I pretty much have abandoned Facebook and I'm all in on TikTok. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I feel like between like your TikTok unboxings and then John's do-it-yourself fan, Xbox fan, (laughs) you guys could like start a TikTok house. (laughs) We could. We're ready. We're ready for the future. (laughs) Bring it on, China. Let's go. (laughs) bring it on china let's go you heard it here first everyone that concludes our podcast for this week thank you both so much for coming on it was really fun and what's good games is an awesome source if you are looking for not only knowledgeable gaming news and insight but also fun and funny uh this week on funhouse we're streaming human fall flat snake pass and friday the 13th on friday the 13th And uh, we've also got Fallout 76 and In Silence coming up this weekend. In Silence was a ride. Uh, It was pretty Mm -hmm. great. And on Saturday, there's a special extra live stream from Rooster Teeth to raise money for Dell Children's Hospital starting at uh, for Funhouse at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be on there uh, raising some money for a good cause. Uh, So thank you both again and uh, enjoy Destiny. I hope the servers are back up. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) Good to go. (sighs) We'll see. Bye, everybody.